Hello and welcome to Joel Johnson's Money Wisdom. I'm John Stillman alongside Joel Johnson, Certified Financial Planner and the CEO of Johnson Brunetti, the official wealth management partner of the Yukon Huskies. He's been published in Forbes and the Hartford Business Journal, and you see him as the host of Better Money on WFSB Channel 3 on the Saturday and Sunday morning news with Kara Sunland, also on WCBV Channel 5 in Boston. Joel, what's up? How are you? Doing great. I'm doing great. I am excited that uh, fall is here. And uh, it has been a very interesting year, very interesting summer, and we're going to do some recapping of, uh, of what's gone on over the summer and probably touch a little bit about uh, the very interesting year that we're in. By the way, I know that some of you are sick of hearing um, about uh, you know the new normal and all this kind of stuff, and I will be very respectful of that uh, because there are, time to, there are times that I also get a little fatigued um, by uh, the constant pandemic talk and that isn't to minimize by the way what is going on that's not at all to minimize but um i think from time to time we can all use a break so here we go john let's uh let's do a show and let's do some recap yeah so i just wanted to go through some of the uh, more interesting financial and economic news tidbits from the summer and some of these are just a little more lighthearted, and some of them actually are maybe a little harder hitting so i'm just going to give you some of these items and you can respond to them as you will. So uh, about a month or so ago, they did some changes with the Dow Jones Industrial Average. Uh, one of the, the major changes was ExxonMobil got kicked out. They're replaced by Salesforce in the Dow. Now, interestingly, Exxon had been part of the Dow Jones since 1928. I want you to try to imagine explaining to somebody in 1928 what it is that Salesforce does. <laughs> that would be impossible. Uh, this is a real. I'll come back to what Salesforce does, but this is a really, really big deal. I mean, Exxon is still one of the largest companies in the world based on revenues, and um, you know, just a dominant force in the in the energy business. And this isn't just oil and gas; it's it's a lot of other things that they're doing. Um, I've I've said for a long time, and I know this is a little controversial, but. I think green energy will end up being developed by the major petroleum producers. And the reason for that is they have the capital. They have the money. It is uh, A lot of it's not economically feasible at this point. And so it has to be um, developed either with government funds or with big pocket companies that can lose money for a while. And uh, I think Exxon and Chevron, as, as much as some people hate those companies, are going to be the ones that develop um, very efficient energy sources other than um, carbon. With that said, uh, I, I, this is just still surprising to me. Now, what does Salesforce do? Here's what Salesforce does. If we were describing what Salesforce does back in 1928, it would be they keep track of all the customer files, and we wouldn't be able to say online, would be, but, but this is Salesforce keeps track of customer files, everything customers purchased, everything that they might be interested in, when the last time they purchased, when the last time somebody had a conversation with them. So f let's just say that it was ExxonMobil's customers that Salesforce was keeping track of back then. They would be managing all these files. And when Exxon said, I want to get a copy of the Johnson account, they would immediately get that account. And Today, Salesforce does that virtually. So they are one of the largest, if not the largest, customer relationship management software programs. We use them, and um, it's amazing the amount of information that they can store, and we can access it incredibly quickly. 
about what our customers have purchased. You know, what was the last conversation with them? They keep all the notes on that that we put in there. And so we have a way of keeping track of and understanding our clients um, better than we ever could have with an old paper file system. Pretty interesting. So, uh, and it's also interesting how basically the people who, I don't know who makes these decisions about what's in the Dow and what's not, but it's interesting that they're saying, well, Salesforce is a better reflection of our economy right now than Exxon is. It's, it's shockingly interesting because remember, there's only 30 companies in the Dow. That's it. Just 30. Um, of all the companies in the world, there are only 30 in the Dow, and they're supposed to represent, it's called the Dow Jones Industrial Average, which means it represents the 30 largest industrial companies. United Technologies Raytheon is in the Dow. And so for Salesforce to be in there, a pure software company, um, and there's a few others, this is really surprising. I guess what's more surprising is that they replaced Exxon. Yep. Not exactly an even trade there, a completely different type of industry. So pretty interesting. All right. How about this, Joel? Dunkin' Donuts says they're going to permanently close 800 stores by the end of the year. Where does Dunkin' rate on your donut ranking scale? I'm not sure where they rank on my donut ranking scale, but I will tell you this. Uh, I buy coffee when I'm traveling around at Dunkin' Donuts. I kind of prefer it to Starbucks um, because when I buy coffee, I just want coffee. I don't want a creamy macchiato with a latte steamed perfectly with a little tiny cherry on top and some caramel in it. I just want my coffee. And so I tend to just go to Dunkin' because uh, there are more people that just want their coffee there and I can go through the drive-thru real quick. So um, so that's where it ranks higher on my on my coffee scale than it does the donuts scale. I think most of us, especially my age, late 50s, have uh, understood for a little while that consuming lots of donuts are not necessarily the best way for long life and even um, good sharp thinking. I do have a suggestion for the good folks at Starbucks. Okay. They should have two lines. They should have a line for people that just want coffee, like black coffee, that's it. And then they should have a line for all the people who are basically ordering a milkshake. Yeah, half, half a teaspoon of caramel with some chai in it or something like that. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but I just want the coffee. There's probably like half of the audience that really relates to you right now and half is just furious with you at the moment. They're, they're very upset. Yeah. Uh, all right. Another bit of news from the summer. A recent report shows that a huge number of vacancies in uh, Manhattan apartments has presented itself, not terribly surprising. Uh, rental demand, although in the suburbs of New York, has more than doubled. So obviously a lot of people are moving from the city to the suburbs. Do you think this is a long-term trend or just a maybe a short-term reaction to this year's events? I think it is a short-term reaction that will become a long-term trend. And I think there's a couple things going on. First of all, by the way, in Connecticut, we have firsthand knowledge of this. My wife and I, um, just over the last, uh, last this last summer, bought a place down here on the shore. Houses were selling before they were even up for sale for 24 hours, sight unseen. Um, we had a few offers in on houses where by the time we got the offer in, less than 24 hours after something was listed, or by the time we inquired, it was sold already. It was sold to typically people from New York um, that wanted to get out of the city. I think this is going to be a longer term trend because I think what's going to happen is people are going to realize 
And not everybody, not everybody can live out of the city. And there are certainly city folks that love the energy of Manhattan. I kind of like some things about the energy of Manhattan. But people are going to realize, hey, especially if my kids aren't going to school every day, if they're learning from home, why do I need to live in a city? And plus, New York City has a massive tax burden. Um, If you live in New York City, you pay federal income tax, you pay state income tax, and you pay New York City income tax. So people are looking around saying, hey, what are we actually getting for our tax money? And especially when um, politics are the way they are right now in New York City. Yep. Interesting to see how those trends unfold. How about this, Joe? Uh, So many people are projected to be doing their Christmas shopping online this year instead of, you know, getting into fisticuffs on Black Friday. Um, (laughs) FedEx is hiring 70,000 workers to prepare for the unprecedented holiday shipping season. If, if nothing else, if the pandemic gets rid of the stupid black Friday tradition, it will have all been worth it. Uh, Yeah, I agree. I remember when the kids were little, um, being dispatched to the, uh, store. I can't remember the name of the store. It was a toy store in Connecticut that is no longer around. Um, I think it was called KB Toys. And I had to go at five in the morning <laughs> to to get a certain toy, which first of all, when I got there, the toy was sold out. But I was shocked. I could not believe what I saw when that store opened up at five in the morning. I have never seen um, people that otherwise look quite refined and polite, just flying <laughs> elbows, running over each other to get the latest beanie, what, what are they called? Beanie Babies? Beanie, beanie Babies. babies. Yep. Beanie Babies or Power Rangers or whatever was hot back then um, 25 years ago when my kids were little. Speaking of Beanie Babies, I have to tell you this story. It's one of my favorite pictures ever. Uh, One of my favorite photographs in the history of America. So if you just Google Beanie Baby Divorce Court, you'll see what I'm talking about. But it's this husband and wife getting a divorce and they're in the courtroom with their pile of Beanie Babies and they're like having a draft and they each get to take turns picking a, a Beanie Baby for their, you know, splitting the assets in the divorce. And there's a lawyer sitting behind him and the look on his face is just like, I went to law school for this. This is ridiculous. And Uh, I don't even know if they're worth much anymore. I remember when my son Brandon was little, he was probably seven or eight. They had the Pokemon cards that were so popular and people were trading them and paying extra money for certain ones and so on. And I don't think they're worth anything right now. But uh, those are interesting, the things that some folks fight over from time to time. One more uh, news item for you from the last couple of weeks. There's a recent poll out that says 72% of Americans say that they'll prioritize financial planning once the pandemic is over. Uh, So 72%. What percent do you think actually will follow through and prioritize financial planning? Way less than 72%. I mean, the whole reason, if, if you just think about it, if they've been procrastinating doing financial planning, um, up to this point, and now they're using the pandemic as an excuse, very few of those 72%. Some people will. Some people have been shocked into, it's almost like getting ice cold water thrown in your face. They've been shocked and, and they've woke up to their financial situation, to what's happening with their long-term finances, to how they need to be independent, to um, the fact that maybe they need to live before below their means. Because maybe both jobs in a household, if, if there's a, um, you know, a spousal household, will not always be there. And so I think some people have woken up. We've, we've got a ton of people coming in right now 
um, typically from this radio program that have called in and asked for appointments uh, to get a second opinion or to get set up or to prepare to retire because one of them, um, one of one person in a household is going to lose a job. Um, a lot of people from our TV programs on Channel 5 and Channel 3 have been coming in. And so people are definitely awake. But I question whether, you know, 72% of Americans will prioritize financial planning. I think, unfortunately, like a lot of other things in this country, once the crisis goes away, we're on to the next thing. So I I would sure hope. And by the way, speaking of that, we have something you've heard me talk about called the Money Map Retirement Review. And the Money Map Retirement Review is just simply a checkup. It's an opportunity to get an analysis and a reset saying, here's where you are right now. Um, many of you are working with financial advisors already. Are they doing a good job? They're not going to tell you if they're doing a good job or a bad job, uh, most of them at least. Um, we will give you a second opinion without any obligation. That's just what we do. Um, we have a philosophy in our company. It's been around our company since 2003, which is we will help anybody. We are one of the few financial firms that have no minimums. Uh, people obviously get different levels of service depending on the amount of money that they have because they require different levels of service, but we will help anyone. And so if you, let me not even say if, you need a second opinion, get a second opinion. If it's not from us, get it from somebody, but make a phone call, Again, 1-800-705-1232. Our process is unique. First of all, it's real simple. It's real easy. It's very painless. It's not like going and getting a massive estate plan done or, you know, ending up with one of those financial plans that's an 80-page binder that is just overwhelming people can't get to. It's a simple process. It's called the money map. You get a map of all your finances. You get an analysis of how you're doing. When it comes to retirement, if you're in retirement, how much risk are you taking? Will your money last as long as you do if you are getting close to retirement? Or you're worried your company is going to early retire you. How are you doing? How will you deal with that? What are the choices you need to take? Most people right now are taking more risk than they realize because the markets have just been really strong. Um, Any hiccup in the market this year has snapped back relatively quickly. Yes, March, April, May, June, that is a three to four month period of time. That was quick. And so there should be a lot of caution in your retirement planning. So give us a call. Get your money map, 1-800-705-1232. Again, 1-800-705-1232. It's absolutely complimentary, no pressure. You will be glad that you came in and got this money map. Whether you become a client or not, we want to help you. Again, 800-705-1232. That's 800-705-1232. Reach out if you'd like to get that Money Map Retirement Review for yourself from Joel Johnson and the team at Johnson Brunetti. Once again, that's 800-705-1232. You're listening to Joel Johnson's Money Wisdom. Of course, Joel is a certified financial planner and the CEO of Johnson Brunetti, the official wealth management partner of the Yukon Huskies. Joel, let's open up the mailbag, see what kind of questions folks have for you this week. And we'll start with Pam. Pam says, my husband is nine years older than me, so we have a substantial life insurance policy on him to make sure that I'm taken care of when he dies. But what happens if State Farm goes bankrupt at some point and can't pay the death benefit? That is a great Great question. So let me talk about what happens if they do go bankrupt, and then let's talk a little bit about um, the stability of insurance companies. So every state has what is called a state guarantee fund, a state guarantee fund for insurance companies. 
and it's not exactly the same as FDIC, but the concept is the same. So we all know if a bank fails, FDIC insures depositors, individual depositors, up to a certain amount. It's the same thing with the insurance guarantee funds. The difference is it's the states, not the federal government. And so if State Farm were to go bankrupt up to a certain amount, you are guaranteed that death benefit. And then what happens is if your state um, runs out of that guarantee, if you max out on your guarantee, typically now it goes to the state where the insurance company is domiciled. I believe State Farm is domiciled in Illinois, if I'm not mistaken, or maybe Indiana, Bloomington, Indiana um, rings a bell. So then it would go to the state guarantee fund of Indiana if you're a Massachusetts resident and it maxes out the Massachusetts um, guarantee fund. Now, with that said, insurance companies are regulated different than banks. During the Great Depression, banks went broke. Insurance companies did not. There's just a different requirement that they have. They also tend to be, not always, but they tend to be a little more long-term oriented. They tend to hang on to their dollars for a longer period of time than banks do. So the chances of a company, not any company, I will not say the chances of an insurance company going broke are very, very minimal. But you take a company like State Farm, Northwestern Mutual, Mass Mutual, The Guardian, um, Allianz, those companies, New York Life, those companies getting in trouble are so unlikely, so unlikely. And so I would not worry uh, with a policy from a company like State Farm or any other big giant 100, 150-year-old insurance company. I have a substantial amount of life insurance with um with a mutual company, way, way over the limit. I am not at all concerned that they'll be able to pay the claim. Interesting. So uh, a lot of stability and solvency there when you're dealing with the insurance world. All right. How about a question from Jake? Jake says, I have enough cash to pay off my house, but since the mortgage interest rate is so low, I'm not sure how much it benefits me to pay it off, but it's not earning any interest in the bank either. So I guess I might as well pay it off. This is a tough question to answer, Jake, because we don't know the rest of your situation. Um, I will tell you that I personally, Wendy and I had a goal of paying off our house. Uh, we wanted we just didn't want to owe anybody anything. You know, a um, person that many of you know, uh, Dave Ramsey, talks about the feeling you get when you are debt-free, and I can promise you it is absolutely correct, and some of you know what I'm talking about. But I could also argue that if I had that cash and invested it somewhere else, I could earn more than the interest I was paying to the bank on the mortgage. So again, this is an individual decision. It depends on what other savings you have, what other priorities you have, if you're going to buy something big in the next few years. And so Jake, you really need somebody that knows the rest of your situation, not just from a standpoint of analytically, you know, where's your money? What is it earning? And so on. But what about you personally? Does it bother you to have debt? Did you come? Did you grow up in a house where there was too much debt and you have an aversion to it? So is there going to be an emotional cost of you not paying off the house? So a lot of things factor in there, Jake. And for that, whoever gives you that advice really needs to have a personal understanding of your individual situation, which is probably unique. This is why I have a problem with financial advisors that just make these blanket statements because human beings are human beings. You can have two people with exactly the same situation on paper. And what they should do is very, very different because of their emotional makeup. And so, Jake, I would encourage you, you know, get a second opinion from us or somebody else. 1-800-705-1232. If you want to give us a call, we'll look at your whole situation. Um, maybe you should pay off the mortgage. Maybe not. Depends, again, on the entire picture. 
it's one of those situations that just has so much nuance to it because you could have two people come in who owe the same amount of money on their house and have the same amount of money in cash. And you might tell one of them to pay it off and you might tell one of them not to just because of the other factors in their situation. No question. No question. All right. One more question. This is from Lynn. Lynn says, I'm worried about what might happen to the market after the election. Should I be moving all of my money to cash? So if we were to do one of the the top three questions and concerns that people have right now that we're hearing as one of the larger independent financial uh, advisor firm and retirement planning firms in the Northeast, this is one of the top three. After the election, I'm worried what's going to happen with my money. And it seems like no matter what political persuasion you are, you think if the wrong side wins, the market's going to crash. Um, so if you're a Democrat, you think if the Republicans win, the market's going to crash. If you're a Republican, you think if the Democrats win, the market's going to crash. The bottom line is we don't know what is going to happen, but I will tell you this. We don't know who's going to win. We don't know what's going to happen in the markets. We don't know. Anybody that's telling you they do know is either ignorant or lying. I know that's very strong to say that, but I will say it again. Anybody that tells you they absolutely know what is going to happen is either ignorant or lying. The last election is a perfect example of that. And so here's what I would say, Lynn. If your financial plan depends on an event that is very short term, Let's say you're 65, Lynn. Your life expectancy is 25 or 30 years. Are you telling me that what happens in November of 2020 is going to derail your financial plan? You've got the wrong financial plan. And so just think of it in those terms. Um, Warren Buffett had some great lectures that he did where he talked about all these crises in America and how America, because we're such a strong country, because the values this country was set up on, the power of our Constitution— is so strong how we've gotten through every one of those crises. And I think you should look at it in terms of that. Make sure your plan is set up. Make sure you're not taking too much risk. The worst thing that can happen is the market drops like a rock. You panic and sell. Maybe the second worst thing that can happen is you weren't set up properly so you have too much risk and that forces the panic and the sell. So Lynn, you know, get a second opinion. If you're working with a financial advisor, make sure they do an analysis. Um, sometimes people that specialize in working with younger families tend to take more risk with those families' money. And so make sure you're working with somebody that is a retirement planning specialist if you are in or getting close to retirement. So, Joel, if somebody has questions about this, I mean, you said that's a very popular question for people to ask right now. When they come in for their Money Map Retirement Review, I mean, do they, you have the opportunity to sort of talk through these issues or is it just, well, let's look at your money and figure out what happens? No, we can absolutely talk through those issues. And we actually have a brochure, a book. It's not a brochure. It's a booklet. Um, it's a report uh, about what will happen. I should say the effect of the election on your retirement. Is your retirement um, election proof? Meaning if the election goes the wrong way, whichever way that is, is your retirement election proof? So make sure when you come on in, you get a copy of that. Um, it's a great piece. Uh, Lori in our marketing department has many, many of them um, to give out to clients because people are genuinely concerned. Uh, the bottom line is the first step is just come on in. Come on in, get a second opinion. You know, this is not a time to fool around with your money. This is your money. Um, this is not everyone's money, right? This is not the country's money. This is not this big group of retired. This is your individual money. You have one chance to get it right most of the time. And so give us a call. Come on in. Get a money map. Get a money map. It's real simple. 
you'll visually get a very clear picture of your situation. You'll have confidence because you know where you stand and we'll give you recommendations on how to improve it. So easiest way to do that is call 1-800-705-1232. Again, it's Johnson Brunetti, 1-800-705-1232. Great resources are available to you at johnsonbrunetti.com. Give us a call, 1-800-705-1232. Once again, 800-705-1232. That gets you in touch with the team at Johnson Brunetti. Just to make the process clear for you, you're going to call. You're going to leave a message now. Let us know you'd like some help. You'd like to get that Money Map Retirement Review. Somebody from the team will reach back out to you during regular business hours and schedule a time for you to come in. So you don't need to worry about having your calendar right now. If you're driving, you say, I can't look at my calendar to schedule something. Don't worry about it. You don't need to do that right now. Right now, just raise your hand. Say, yeah, I would like that help. We'll work out the details later. Again, 800-705-1232. That's 800-705-1232. Thanks so much for tuning in to Joel Johnson's Money Wisdom. We'll talk with you again, same time, same place, right here next week. Money Wisdom is sponsored by Johnson Brunetti. Investment advisory services offered through JB Capital LLC, a registered investment advisor. Insurance products offered through JN Financial LLC. Johnson Brunetti is a paid sponsor of the Yukon Huskies athletic program. Better Money is sponsored by Johnson Brunetti.